I'm just going to interrupt real quick before we get into your episode. I know you guys are excited to listen to Christine, a.k.a. Frugal Fit Moms episode, which is amazing, by the way, and you guys are going to love it. But the president of Tops Nice, Leo Espinosa, was gracious enough to give us a bunch of stuff for a giveaway that's going to happen when his podcast airs, which is going to be next week. So stay tuned for that. Again, I am extremely grateful for everyone who listens and continues to listen. So that's why we're going to give away some merch as well. If you guys haven't checked out the merch, go to ScarfaceVisuals.com and there should be a shop button there. Go pick something up. Uh, you know, again, for everyone who has picked something up, I am extremely grateful. You know, uh, I didn't think the podcast was going to get to this point, but I'm glad we got a bunch of amazing guests like the one that you're going to about to listen to right now. So again, thank you guys and tune in for the giveaway next week. This episode is brought to you by Graffiti Beauty and Barber, serving up the dopest cuts and colors in Southeast Idaho. Anytime I need a haircut, lineup, hair dye, whatever you name it, I go to Graffiti Beauty and Barber. They take care of me and have been taking care of me for years. I recently dyed my hair and I am so in love with my hair. You guys need to check them out. The stylists there are great. The barbers are great. They offer all sorts of service and their customer service is top tier. So get a hold of them at 208-356-0044. That's 208-356-0044 or follow their social medias. All right. And we're live. Welcome back to Mescaline Moguls. It's your boy, the one with the Scarface. It's your boy, Scarface. And today we got Johnny on the podcast. What's up? <laughs> Good to be back. <laughs> yeah, he's waving. Yeah, he's, all, he's all waving yeah, like it's a, like it's you, a visual John. show. And then we got Jesus coming back. Hey, how's it going? And we Thanks got a special guest. Uh, and I didn't even know you were from Rexburg, uh, which is... For those that don't know, it's like about 20 minutes away. 20 minutes away. Like we that. have uh, Frugal Fit Mom, a.k.a. Christine, right? Mm-hmm. Actually, it's backwards. Christine, a.k.a. Chris, well, <laughs> have you ever been called Frugal? Like, hey, like Frugal Fit Mom. Uh, yeah, but they usually flip it. It's like Fit Frugal Mom. Fit Frugal Mom. Yeah. Because it's Frugal Fit Mom. It is, yeah, but okay. people will flip it around. But yeah, sometimes. Oh, nice. Well, thank you for coming and being on the podcast. Yeah, welcome. Yeah, um, Brandy, she was the one that's telling me about uh, your YouTube channel. And which reminded me like a while back ago, back when me and my ex-girlfriend, we, we tried to do something similar, but it didn't work out, you know. But uh, I want people to get to know your story, you know what I mean? So are you originally from Idaho? Uh, definitely not. Born and raised in Texas, Houston, Dallas. Uh, love the South. It's warm. Bluebell ice cream, all mm-hmm. that. Um, but we came here for a job like seven years ago, mm-hmm. and we've been here ever since. Oh, dang. How's that change like yeah. from a big city to Rexburg? Well, I've been cold for seven years <laughs> and it's, you know, I actually really, really like it. Uh, it's great for the kids. They have more opportunity, I think, than mm-hmm. living in a big city for sports and extracurriculars and the neighborhoods are tighter knit uh, yeah. than, than in a big city. So I don't know that I would go back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, that, that's what I get from a lot of people who end up coming from bigger cities. They like, not only do they like that it's more peaceful. That's what I get a lot. It's a lot more calm. Traffic isn't as bad because when you go to the bigger cities, it's, you know, even Salt Lake, Salt Lake gets bad with, with traffic. That's so, the truth. How many kids, how many kids do you have? I have four kids. Four kids. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So what are their, what are their age groups? I have a daughter who's 16. So that's awesome. She's hilarious. Like good friend of mine. We have a good relationship. Is she your twin? Kind of. Like, she doesn't look like me, but mannerisms are very similar. <laughs> and then I have three sons. They are 14, 11, and 9. Oh, so they break everything. That's fun. <laughs> Mine breaks everything. He's only three. <laughs> yeah, can't can't yeah, wait I, for that. I can't relate because I don't have any kids yet. So so you get a lot more sleep than I do? No, because no. <laughs> I'm always working. But 
<laughs> you know, it's the same. Uh, so you said you came seven years. Did you happen to start your, your podcast before? Or no. not podcast, your YouTube channel. So. No, I tried to do the whole blog scene because I was a bored stay-at-home mom mm -hmm. uh, with kids. And I was, you know, I felt like I needed to have an outlet somewhere. Mm -hmm. And so I tried to do the blog thing. But as it turns out, I'm really bad at writing. So <laughs> the, <laughs> I never did very well. And I didn't think... I kind of started watching YouTube a little bit, like mm -hmm. in 2014, 2015, mostly the fitness genre because mm -hmm. I like exercise. And I think I started my channel for a class. I, I went back to get a business degree and they were like, you need to do some business or whatever. So I thought I'd do fitness coaching. Mm -hmm. And because my people were uh, outside of my town, I was like, well, if I did YouTube videos, I could you do a video for everybody. So I started it like that and then left it like eight months, a year came back in and I'm like, I have 800 subscribers. Oh, this is so wow. weird. So I just started doing vlog stuff mm -hmm. just because I was bored and yeah. they could be my buddies, like my online friends. <laughs> and then I just never stopped. <laughs> I know. That's it awesome. seems like two, you, you got what? Like oh, 230, almost 230 subscribers now, I right? I think I hit 230,000 this morning. Oh, wow. Congratulations. Thank that, you very that's, much. Geez, that's, yeah. That's really, that's, that's huge. Impressive. Especially for what we consider a small town. Like, You think that you can't get that growth, but that's that's incredible. yeah. Apparently, you can live anywhere and awesome. and do okay. I mean, obviously, I'm not as big as like the million the million people, but I never thought I would hit yeah. 50. So, H have they ever sent you the plaques? Yes, I did get my plaque. Uh, I <laughs> I hit a hundred thousand like at the very beginning of the pandemic mm -hmm. when everything like shut down. So it was several months late, but they did send it to me, and it's on proud display in my kitchen. Nice, of course. Do they send yeah. it? Isn't it like a hundred, five hundred? No, it's one hundred, a million, oh. ten million, a hundred million. Oh wow! Jeez. Has anyone gotten a hundred? Uh, I don't think so. so there's this big because I the think one... Mr. Beast is one of the big ones, and he's at fifty. I I don't know those stats off the top of my head, so don't look it up and tell yeah. me I'm wrong. I'm probably wrong. <laughs> Everyone's out there. Yeah, I know. They're looking it up and they're like, you're wrong, Christine. <laughs> and uh, one thing that my they did for my buddy who also, his channel got big. He's out in California. Uh, did they ever invite you to the YouTube uh, studios? Uh, not yet because mine like kind of took off in the, the, in the last oh. year when everything's been kind of nuts. And so I feel like everything's still a little shut down and mm -hmm. not everything has opened back up yet. Uh, we'll see. Oh, nice. And they allow you to go in and, like, make videos there, right? Like, make videos, see what goes on. Well, I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to bring her back. Yeah, I'll, I'll let you know yeah. um, if that ever happens. No, so do you, you got to do it. Huh? Oh, my bad. I was going to say, so do you do just YouTube or do you do TikTok? I do not do TikTok. Not um, TikTok. I feel like I can only handle so many, like, social media accounts. So I do YouTube's my main one. I am trying to get better at Instagram. So I'm like learning the stories and the There's a lot of growth potential on TikTok. Yeah, I, I think that's not, especially in what you do, you can make like quick little 30 second videos. Yeah, clips from the videos you already make. And yeah, you don't just upload them. That's a, that's a little hack. Use the videos that you have already and just just upload those little clips. You have you have content for days. Yeah. You know, that's actually really, really smart. I don't even know like how long can your videos be? I mean, Up a to minute, a minute, a minute. almost, okay. yeah. But f the 15 second ones do great. Yeah, because I don't know how hard it would be to get your content into 15 seconds, but a minute should be doable. Yeah, well, and the reason we say it's it, it will do really well on TikTok because you're already doing really well on YouTube, which is way harder to get like to, yeah to definitely. find success, and, and and you happen to find that, and so so you said 
I watched one of your videos. Like I, I was going through and watching your videos. I'm like, she's so interesting. And my <laughs> biggest you. thing was like, why did she like start doing this? And and I saw the video with your your mom. Uh, do you want to explain to the people listening why you became frugal? Yeah, sure. That story uh, so was <laughs> it started when I was 16 years old, mm-hmm. and this was um, way back in the day before online banking, like. They had just come out with debit cards. They called them check cards back then. Mm-hmm. Like they just were starting to transition from writing a check to a card. And our minds were blown. Like I remember one of my classmates in high school was like, I got this check card. I'm like, what are you talking about? Online <laughs> money? I don't even understand. That'll never happen. It'll always be cash. Yeah, well, here we are. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I'm I'm 16, I'm working a job, and you write checks to things. And I'm kind of new at the whole budget balancing thing, Mm -hmm. as in didn't do it, right? (laughs) So I went to a couple different stores, bought small things, $5 over here, a necklace over here for $3, a makeup blush for $7 over at the store. So I bounced four checks all within the span of a week. And back then, since there's no online anything, your bank notifies you by an overdraft by mail, so you don't find out until like a week later, and they ran each check twice. So four, it's a $25 charge, mm-hmm. twice for four checks. So you're just looking at 200 bucks Jeez. in fees for a 16-year-old. You know, I make, I probably made 475 mm-hmm. An hour was minimum wage back yeah, then. Yeah, okay, yeah. 425 I think it was, something like that. Yeah, something or, like that. 415 Yeah, that's yeah, 415. yeah, 415 Yeah, And then... The stores all charged me like a $30 bad check fee also. So the stores are calling me and I'm getting letters from the bank every day. And I just went into this like spiral panic of not knowing what was going to happen and not having any control over my money or my life. And it was uh, a hard lesson to learn at 16, but I think it shaped the rest of my life Mm -hmm. because my parents made me pay for all of that myself. So they would, they kind of walked me through it. Like we went to my savings account, transferred it over to the checking account. And I, I fixed all the bad check fees. I paid all the overdraft fees and I have never done that since. That's some good parenting though. Yeah. Especially and that's just, a good investment because if you think about it, because of all the changes that led after that. Right. So, so, so a $300 yeah, lesson, a $300 lesson served me the rest of my life. That's I had a I had a thirty five dollar Whopper once too. I, I did the same thing. Yeah, yeah I, I was when I was growing up. When I first got my own account, it was the checks were going out of style, and it was like with the debit cards. But I also didn't understand. Uh, well, when the debit cards were first starting, they it took a minute for them to like withdraw the money from your account. So like you would spend it, spend it, and then you wouldn't see a difference. And you're and now in my head I'm thinking, oh, I still got the money in there. Oh, I got this much in. <laughs> really? And then later you find out you're like, oh shit, I owe, you know, the bank money. You know, so uh, I found that out the hard way as well too. You know, and to this day I, I feel like I'm a little bit more I'm cautious. Not, yeah, cautious when I start spending money and uh, I budget a lot better, and especially with the like I have multiple bank accounts now. It's it's you have to really watch what's in every single one. So would you say? You said that's what really helped, like, kind of mold the whole frugal life. What, what, is, what is being frugal? I, you know, I look at it really differently than a lot of people, and you'll get a different answer depending on who you ask. Mm-hmm. But for me, it's being smart with your money in some areas so you can do the things you want to do in other areas. And other people, like some people really like cars, and some people want to go out to eat, and that's important to them. And mm-hmm. Some people want to send all their kids to college or, or fill in the blank with whatever it is. Yeah. 
It's just basically, okay, well, I want to do this goal, so I'm going to be careful over here so I can reallocate it to what's important to me. Some people will wear their badge of frugality like a holier-than-thou thing, and I'm not really into that. <laughs> like, well, I'm more frugal than you because mm-hmm. I do X, Y, Z. And I just don't think that's accurate. That's more like being a cheapskate, <laughs> thinking you're better than other people yeah. because of it. Do you, do you think – is it the is it the coupon couponing people? Oh no, I don't think so because I was a big couponer back in the day when it was awesome before TLC ruined it by Did making it. Oh, absolutely. Yes. I was an extreme couponer. I had the stockpile in the garage. In fact, I sold my stockpile at garage sales to pay off our student loan debt. Oh wow. <laughs> um when my husband was a school teacher and I had little kids at home. Like mm. we didn't make very much. So, it was it was fun at the time. You could get a lot of stuff for free. But yeah, the show came out and then people started doing coupons illegally. And then the stores were like, oh, well, I'm getting taken advantage of, changed all their rules. And now it's all gone to crap. That's what happens Dang. a lot with a lot of stuff. Yeah. Hollywood. People abuse the system and mm-hmm. then the system says, you know what? Never mind. Yeah. I've it's so not as good as it used to be. You can yeah. find deals still, but nothing like it used to be. What, what was one of the best deals that you found? Oh, there's a lot. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. I had a blog. About couponing. Mm-hmm. That was one of my many blog um, ha- hobbies, I guess. Uh, I would say Target Huggies, December 2007. Goes down in history. Oh, yeah? Free. Free diapers, free wipes. I had little kids, so it was a big deal to me. Yeah. And anything that was Huggies, you could stack the Target coupon with the manufacturer coupon. They were like endless Target, and they were on sale, and it was just huge, I think I huge remember stockpile. that. <laughs> but uh, we didn't do it, but they, they'd tell us because we had our son towards the end of 2017, and they were telling us to go to Target for diapers like before he was born. Well, this was 10 years before that. This was oh, seven. I thought you said 17 because mm-hmm. they did that in 17, didn't they? Like Target had a like really nice sale on Prob- diapers. Probably, but like definitely not as good not as a free, not a free one. Oh, that okay. was pretty fabulous. Yeah. How, how many did you end up getting? Oh, I don't even remember. Probably, I probably got 50 packs of diapers and maybe over 100 packs of wipes. Free? Yeah, totally free. And then I was teaching Jeez. like my sister's-in-law how to, I'm like, you got to come because they have babies too. And when you're just starting out, diapers and wipes are expensive. And you're oh, like, yeah. oh, the budget. And formula. And yeah, all the baby gear. So I was like, you guys can do it too. Come get all the things. What, what, what made you get into that before it got popular? Oh, I, well, you said uh, <laughs> you guys were uh, you know, not make, making very much, but where did you hear about the extreme coupon? So as a bored stay-at-home mom, uh, I found this website called Baby Center. It's still up now. You could go look at it. And I think we have the app. Do you That's have the app? Super, yeah. Yeah. yeah it, it can be really helpful for people who are looking for like-minded, like I have a kid at the same age or whatever, but they had a, a bargain hunters board. It's an online forum where mm-hmm. you talk about stuff. And some of them would talk about getting deodorant for free or like toothpaste for free. And I'm kind of like, what is this madness? I, <laughs> I have never heard of this thing. And back then they didn't have the, all the blogs teaching you how to do it. Those hadn't really started yet. So I kind of stumbled along my way trying to learn it on my own and messed up a lot. But I figured it out eventually. Mm-hmm. And it was so much fun. Like it fulfilled my love for shopping and my urge to save money all at one time and kind of help out my family as I stayed at home with them. Were you one of those couponers that had like the shelving in their garage, like mm-hmm. full? Absolutely. So if you were one of those, were you also the the one that was buying like multiple carts? Like, uh, Yes. Did you ever get, did anyone ever say anything to you? Like, what are you doing? So I tried to have good etiquette when I did it. So I would try to not go when it was busy, first of all. And then I, w- I would do one pass and then I would go back to the end of the line 
So I would let other people go. Or I w- if maybe one person got behind me, I'd be like, hey, I'm actually going to be a while. Mm-hmm. If you want to go to another checkout line, you know, I don't want to make you wait for me. So I tried to be considerate. Um, definitely tried not to clear the shelves or anything like that. But I would even go to multiple stores. So I didn't clear the shelves all in one store. <laughs> Dang. That's super smart. You got to take advantage of when manufacturers or whatever are putting it out there. Yeah, they I just mean- want to push their product. Um, so it's pretty easy. I bet now you could still do it. Uh, I found a lot of success in just reaching out to the company like Huggies or Kashi cereal or something and be like, Hey, I really like your products. And as a thank you, they would send me coupons for like free packs of diapers and cereal. And is that what you would do back then too? Mm -hmm. Yep. Let's start doing that. We're going to start reaching out to every company. Yeah. Go do that. (laughs) They'll send you free stuff. So was this back in Texas or was this here? Yeah, that was back in Texas. Okay. So then... So you're here, uh, you, you started the channel, mm-hmm. uh, but it originally started as a fitness channel. Mm-hmm. What made you decide to, you, you did the vlogs, what made you decide to start switching it up, was it? Um, I wanted my channel to be everything that I was interested in, mm-hmm. fitness, uh, being a mom, fit, um, saving money, finances, fun with like adventure vlogging kind of stuff. And some <clears throat> didn't do very well, like I would spend all this time in a video and truthfully, the family vlog adventures are my favorite to make and go back and watch because it's like a journal of my own family, but people don't watch those. (laughs) And I learned that in the fitness industry, you have to fit a certain mold if you're going to do well. And I did not fit that mold. Mm -hmm. Um, Typically it's girls who are going to do a bikini competition or more bodybuilding style and film themselves in a gym. uh, Honestly, not wearing very much. And I'm almost 40 and I have four kids and that's just (laughs) not who I am. And when I did, a grocery haul for like a family of six or my grocery budget is, I don't know, $200 a month. People were super interested in that. Mm-hmm. And so I just decided to make less of the ones they weren't watching and more of the ones they were watching. And so it just kind of drifted in that direction. Mm-hmm. So so what are the, what are some of the things that you go out and because I know you're always like, oh, like uh, dinner for this much money, amount of money or groceries for this amount. Like what... What do you do beforehand to go and like, I'm like, I'm going to spend this much or am I going to go look for a dinner or? Um, Originally on the channel, it's just what I did Mm -hmm. because forever I kept my grocery budget at a hundred dollars a month for a family of three, for a family of four, for a family of five. Mm -hmm. Uh, And the couponing helped with that for sure. When we moved to North Carolina for two years, as my husband was getting his master's degree, I could not get the budget below 400 a month. Like no matter what for mm-hmm. a family of six, it, it was, everything cost more money. The coupon thing was kind of dying and I lived way out by the coast. So it definitely varies depending on where you are, but we came back to Idaho and <laughs> we bought a house and I was like, I need to go donate plasma for grocery money. Mm-hmm. This is kind of before I started the channel. And so I found a discount store. I found a bakery outlet. I found out Albertsons has some awesome clearance deals. We had a Smith's in Idaho Falls before it closed. Mm-hmm. And they had great clearance deals. And so I was like, well, I got to save as much money as I can so we can, you know, pay off this expensive house and my kids are getting bigger. And I, I just always did it. Yeah. So to me, it's not weird. Mm-hmm. Although I talk to other people and I realize it is a little weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I never do it. Like m- me and my wife never do it. But trying to feed a family of six under 100, that's... Well, 100 is pretty tight. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, I, I will say I, I don't do 100, uh, but I did 200 for... A couple of years when we first came here, I'm a little looser with it now. And it's different because I'll do brand deals on the channel. And so I'll get supplies yeah. specifically for those videos. Uh, so those cost more. But 
Yeah, because like ours is a family of three, and we try to keep it under four hundred, so two hundred biweekly, mm-hmm. and we have a hard time with that. But it's also because we go out and eat a lot, so. Yeah, like if you're putting <clears throat> restaurant, like yeah. eating out into the grocery thing, it'll yeah. bump it up oh, yeah. a lot. Yeah, yeah we don't really go out to eat that much. So that's a good way to keep it low. What do your kids think about it? Like the whole – because at first they probably thought it was normal because they – Or did they grow up with it? They, they grew up with yeah, it. See. So um, that's a good question because I, I get that on the channel sometimes. They're like, oh, what did your family think about going frugal? And I'm kind of like, well, I, it's the same thing we've always done. I didn't do anything special for the channel. It is who I am. Mm-hmm. And – they don't think it's weird. Like they, yeah. they grew up eating beans and rice and bone-in chicken because it's cheaper. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we have shrimp sometimes or salmon or steak. Sometimes it is more expensive to eat those things. And they like everything basically I've given them. They are kids. So, you know, they're like, what's this asparagus? I don't know about this business, but uh, it's all normal to yeah. us. So it's they get very excited when we get treats, I guess, like ice cream. And you really like to use everything, too, because I was watching another video. You're like, oh, I, I, I think it, had, it was one that had onions. And you're like, these onions have been sitting in the fridge for too long. Like, we're going to use these. Like, we're going to use this. Like, is, is that something that was for the video or is that something that you do? You don't want nothing to go to waste. I hate food waste. Like, I despise <laughs> it. So maybe there's a misconception, perhaps, among People in general who think if an onion stays in your fridge for a week, it's not good anymore. But as long as it smells fine, like let your let your nose guide you. Mm-hmm. It will tell you the truth. Like it'll, it'll make not, you cry anyway. But yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it'll definitely make yeah. you cry. I think once you become a parent and you have kids, you kind of understand that more because it's like, well, you know, you're cooking a lot more. You're trying to save money, and so it kind of drives you to, you know, be a certain way save some money, mm-hmm. do all that. And I think maybe that's, do you think that's why people are like attracted to those videos is because they're more relatable to like a real person. Like you're saying a fit person has a certain mold. You're like very relatable, very honest. Yeah. Uh, I, I do think that's probably part of the appeal. I definitely do not want my channel to ever feel like someone cannot do what I do. Mm-hmm. I want it to be, uh, of course I've done some extreme stuff and, and, I name it extreme for a reason. Yeah. Like I don't expect people to do that all the time just to show that it is possible if you're really, really struggling. But I hope people feel like they come on and they're hanging out with a friend and like my house isn't perfect. I don't wear makeup every day and that is okay. Like you can be normal and have, you know, the stuff of life on your counters and and wear t-shirts and jeans and still make awesome stuff for your family and, and be friends with all kinds of people and – I hope I hope I create a community of inclusion of everybody and not some unrealistic mold that they feel like they're never going to fit. Yeah, because there's a lot of people who can relate, uh, especially like with when I was growing up with my parents, they didn't have like a whole lot of money to be spending. It was uh, at the time it was three of us, three boys, and we're all about the same age. So when we go to school. They have to buy clothes for everybody, and like we eat this, you know, we're around the same time. So. Um, I'm pretty sure they had a budget because, you know, my uh, my dad was the only one working. My mom was a stay-at-home mom. And, like, we never missed a meal, you know, that's for sure. But I'm pretty sure that a lot went into that, like, budgeting-wise that I don't know about just because they're not going to sit here and be like, hey, like, we were struggling during these times. And I I didn't feel that, which I'm extremely grateful for. But I, I feel like a lot of people can relate to what you're doing because a lot of people are going through that. They have a family uh, two, three kids, one kid, or just depending on their situation, especially through the pandemic, uh, some people weren't working. So I feel like a lot of people 
can relate to that. Is is that why you think that your channel started blowing up during the? Not only did people not have enough to do, uh, they had a budget somehow because some people weren't weren't working. So you know they got to feed their family. Do you think that's why? Um, I would say yes and no mm-hmm. because my channel started doing really well right before. Okay, uh, I would say it kind of blew up actually right before I hit a hundred thousand. I went from basically fifteen thousand subscribers to over a hundred in two months. Oh, wow. And that was I hit a hundred thousand in February okay. before everything mm-hmm. blew up. So I would say no on the it grew because of that. Mm-hmm. But as it continued to grow and then as you said, the last year's been really hard on a lot of people. People lost their jobs. They had weird you know, work situation, work from home, cut hours, maybe this happened a lot. The wife had to quit to do the kids school at home because all the kids came home from school. That was Mm -hmm. really difficult on a lot of people. And they were trying to find, I don't know, something to get their mind off of it, something to help with finances. I think it continued to grow during that time, Mm -hmm. but it's not the reason. Yeah. What is the reason for your, for your boom? I uh, started looking at it like a business instead of a hobby. So I, um, I just did whatever I wanted for like three <laughs> years and didn't do thumbnails and didn't do backend SEO work and just did whatever I wanted. Short videos, three minute videos, as it turns out, those don't make you any money. Um, and I was like, I'd watch other people, uh, start growing and I was not growing and trying to figure out what I was doing wrong. So I just started looking at the business end of it instead of the hobby end of it. And I'm like, okay, my videos need to be over 10 minutes if I'm going to get an ad in the middle and at the end. And what videos do really well? Maybe I'll focus on that. These budget videos do really well. So I started creating videos specifically for what people were looking for. So I had two kind of back-to-back that started doing really well. I did a like five frugal meals one. I was like, oh, they'll like that. They like this frugal stuff. Yeah, you put a number number in front of anything and – for some reason, yes. Like I, I look towards stuff that has numbers, like lists. Yes, it's weird. People but, like yeah. the numbers. Yeah. They do top ten, top, top five. 10. Oh yeah, yeah I'm whatever. interested. Yeah, definitely. There's a secret. There is, and then I did a um, is HelloFresh worth the money? Like, can I make it ch- cheaper on my own? And those two videos uh, is what really started the growth. Mm-hmm. And then I, <laughs> it was someone else's idea. This uh, amazing YouTuber named Maria. She reached out to me. And wanted to do a collaboration about uh, cheap meals for your family. Um, she, I don't think she lives in Mexico, but she is Mexican. Mm-hmm. So she was going to take that flair and I was just going to do whatever style I wanted to do. Yeah. So I thought about it for a few weeks and I was like, what if I went really crazy and did some ridiculous low number, like mm-hmm. $30 for a week for a family of six. And so I planned that video. That was my viral video. Oh, no. I planned that for a month. Trying to figure out what meal plan would make sense. What would work for the $30? How many meals could I get? Could I actually make it? Then the shopping, the filming, the editing, and putting it all together. And I spent a ton of time on the thumbnail, on the wording, on the SEO work, the description, everything. And I always thought it was going to do well. But when I saw it blow up like in the first day and I hit a a million views in less than a month, I knew like I was on to something, you know? So all that work paid off. Yeah, it did. It was really exciting. That that video, I think, is what really took the growth I was experiencing and just blew it out of the water. Yeah, a lot of people don't realize a lot of work goes into a video. They usually think that, uh, especially <laughs> new YouTubers, they'll make a video and they expect that growth overnight. Yeah. Uh, th- that's why a lot of people quit. Yes. They'll quit YouTube. They're like, oh, I'm going to start a channel. And then they start a channel and they have like 
10 subscribers in like a month and they're like this is not worth it but it's constant like videos you have to be putting out and then as soon as you start catching on to like yourself certain things like start taking off because my buddy he also had we would do like similar videos on youtube and then he started doing uh shoe history videos like because we're into like shoes jordans and things like that as soon as he switched over to the the history ones they did they did well at, at the beginning but then all of a sudden like uh, a news outlet caught of it and they shared it and instantly one video in like within hours went from like <clears throat> ten thousand views to like 2.5 million that's amazing. Yeah, and and it, it was all about like the thumbnail, the description, like you're like, oh, the history. Everything of aligns. Everything and, aligns, mm-hmm. and you get and that. and obviously, you know, what happened to yourself. That's something that we're trying to do over at Tops too. Is like, yeah, we're trying. It's a little bit out. tougher when when what you sell are weapons. considered weapons. They're knives. They're yeah. Tools, YouTube but, doesn't like those, but they don't like them. And <laughs> no, so we're trying to figure out ways to to do it in a way that they'll let us. Push it more, but it's just tough when it's that. I've heard uh, I heard one YouTuber say, because he, he shows guns, like all mm-hmm. these different kinds, and I think he calls them pew-pews <laughs> instead should, of calling yeah. them a gun. <laughs> we should name them differently. We should stop putting the word knives anywhere. And yeah. Just tools and, and, and just like anything. Yeah. Tool, I, Cutty I thingies. <laughs> yeah. I Cutty but, thingies. Yeah. Yeah, because uh, some of the videos that we do do really well, and then some of them that we feel like should do amazing yeah. don't do so well, but mm-hmm. it's because we put knives, we put like yeah. all sorts of stuff in, in there. Um so you said you experienced a lot of growth throughout the the, the pandemic. I mean, you are, you already grew. Well, how did it feel after your videos went viral? Like, what was that like at your household? Uh, freaked us out, <laughs> actually. Like, to see um, – I don't know if you've spoken in public before. Yeah. Um, so I would speak at church sometimes, and it would be, I don't know, 150, 200 people. That's nerve-wracking, like mm. standing up in front of that many people. But I've done it so much in my life that it's okay so imagine you're talking to like 200 people and you're like, okay, I've done this a few times. That's all right. And now, and take that crowd and multiply it by 20,000. And then you have basically an arena of mm-hmm. people yeah. and be the same person and act exactly the same. And don't be nervous. It's, yeah, it's a tough. lot of pressure and mentally while exciting, like, what are these numbers? I don't even understand what mm. I'm looking at right now and trying to comprehend what that means and yeah. do you have to act differently do you have to up your production values to be more legit like i struggled with that a lot and then i would look at some other channels that are slightly bigger than me kind of in my same genre and they don't they're mm-hmm. the same they've always been they have the same camera they don't do any fancy editing and they continue to grow and so i tried to remind myself of why people came mm-hmm. and tr- i try not to look at the number anymore honestly because it would just mess with my head yeah, because there's a there's this. I won't mention who it is. Uh, her stuff has also been growing, and she's been way into the number. I feel like I feel like just the way that they explain it. I was and I told her I was like, you need to stop worrying about the numbers, the comments. Uh, you know who views your stuff. Just focus on the content that's mm-hmm. getting you to where you're at now, and just focus on same. that. We we feel like when we watch videos too. That when you start seeing their channels grow and they start changing, then it's no longer what appealed to me, for example. Mm-hmm. So I enjoy when a channel grows and they stay the same. Like, yeah, their production value improves, which uh, that's great. But their the way they act and stuff stays similar. I like that more than they change. Because now they're trying to appeal to more of an audience that's not necessarily the audience that was with them 
when they were smaller. I don't know. Right. Maybe no. that's just me. No, I totally agree <clears throat> with you. I've seen I've seen some people change as their channel grows and then others stay exactly the same. And they just get a better camera or yeah. they hire an editor or maybe they'll do some cool editing tricks. But the personality is the same. Yeah. And I really appreciate that. There's one girl I watch who I started watching her at 10,000 subscribers. And while she has a better camera and some cool – she does like um, athletic wear reviews mm-hmm. solely – and she does like cool outfit change transitions, which I know take a ton of work. So yeah. <laughs> when, when I watch her, I'm like, wow, that video took her a long time to put together. Mm-hmm. But she's the same person. And I love that compared to this other girl that grew really big. And she started with uh, doing things on a budget, like decorating her house or maybe doing clothes shopping. And now it's like Gucci and mm-hmm. Louis Vuitton. And I'm like, yeah. you lost me, man. Yeah. Can't relate. Can't, no relate more. Yeah. Can't relate to that. Yeah. Uh, and it's great. Like as long as you keep doing the same thing, uh, or just using what you have, like you used your situation uh, that you were going through, and put that on videos. Uh, kind of like it reminds me of uh, his name is Marcus. He does a lot, a lot of tech review on 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 YouTube. He started just what he had. He's like, I was in college. Uh, I would review my laptop. I was using. I bought a new battery for it. I did an unboxing for the battery. Now he has like one of the biggest tech. He's like at ten million. You know, and like, and it all started just because he used what he had around him. And some there's people who are looking like today. I'm like, oh, like, hey, like this planner. Like, um, I'm gonna go on YouTube and look to see if I can find a good planner. And people YouTube the most random things. And so, like, would you say what, what are some tips would you give to to people coming up in the YouTube world? I would say do do it because you love it or do your topic because you're passionate about that topic. Mm-hmm. Because if you're, if you're like, Oh, I want to be a YouTuber because I want to be rich and famous. You probably, I mean, you might do okay, mm-hmm. but people can tell if you are not being honest. honest. Yeah. I mean, they can just see through that. And so to try and lie to your audience, I feel is like really unfair and you probably in the long run will not do as well. They can tell when you have passion for something. Mm -hmm. So whatever it is that you like, I I give this example sometimes. Like if you like crochet and you want to like show people how to crochet on camera, because you love it, people will watch it. It'll transmit. Yeah, it absolutely will. And while you can take inspiration from others, I would say you have to be yourself because no one is going to be as good at being you as you are. And it's the one thing no one else can copy. Yeah, I think I read that in a Dr. Seuss book once. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and right yeah. now, you no have. one's you as much. What was it? No one is you as much as you, or something like that. But, yeah. Is is that the oh the places you'll go? I think so, so something <laughs> like that. Yeah, I just I, I I read it to my son all the time, so I don't quite remember it exact. But my kids are a little older, so I yeah, haven't, I haven't read that one in a while. <laughs> right, <laughs> those are wise words, though. Yeah, he always tries to read me Doctor Seuss, like read Doctor Seuss stuff. I'm like, dude, I'm, I'm not reading Doctor Seuss. <laughs> like, yeah, like right now, that. I'm reading uh, uh, Matthew McConaughey's book, The Green Light. Yep, it, I just bought that. It's amazing. You'll love it. You guys should check it out too. By the way, it's it's really good. Well, I do audiobooks just because I have a hard time sitting and actually reading. Mm-hmm. So I do audiobooks instead. I yep. find it that it works a lot more. Um, I had a question. Like, what's one of the stores that you like to go to a lot? Like. For food deals, is that what you mean? Yeah, for deals, for deals. Um, If we're talking about food specifically, um, it depends. So Albertsons has great manager's clearance on meat specifically, Mm -hmm. but the Fred Meyer or any Kroger-owned store I've found um, within Utah and here in Idaho, there's a Smith's in Pocatello. Mm -hmm. 
they are so good because I think most of the people think I'm going to go to Walmart or I'm going to go to Winco Mm -hmm. or I'm going to hit up Costco and they don't think about what they consider to be an expensive store. Mm -hmm. So I find they have things and they're close to their expiration date and they mark those suckers down like maniacs (laughs) and I'm like just like – I will put all those in my cart. Thank you very much. And I can stick them in my freezer at home. They don't go bad Mm -hmm. if they're frozen. So I do, I do a lot of that. It's pretty fun. Do you ever do uh, anything besides food? Uh, It's harder where we live. Honestly, Mm -hmm. Uh, when I lived in Texas, I was a huge fan of the outlet malls. Mm -hmm. My kids were dressed like 100% in children's place outlet and gap kids outlet and I think Old Navy clearance sales because I could get brand new clothes for my kids when they were smaller, two bucks. I couldn't even get that at Goodwill for mm-hmm. like used, stained, torn stuff. And they're still charging me $3 for something. And I can get something new for the same price or less. So as long as I was smart about the sales that they would run and check the clearance racks, you can score some awesome deals on clothes. Mm-hmm. Do, you, do you ever find yourself buying stuff that you don't need because it's on sale? Not anymore. Or you try not to do that? Not anymore. Uh, I used to because because of the deal, because yeah. of the rush. I, that's the mindset of a couponer because you're like, oh, the XYZ is free. I mean, why do I need blood glucose monitors? <laughs> I, I don't, <laughs> but I ended up with a lot of them. I ended up donating them to some people that wanted to send them to Africa, I think. Well, this cool. one girl I met. Anyway, uh, yeah, I used to do that because I was like, oh, it's free. Why not? And I was worried. Like with my wife, we'd always look at deals and stuff and – I was worried that we we're going to start buying stuff we don't we didn't need and overspend that way. That could definitely happen. Uh, I've tried in the last two years to only get things because I love them, not because, oh, this is this price. I'll give you an example. So for Christmas, we, my husband and I were looking for some shoes for our sons. My husband's on Reebok.com or something, and they had some kind of Black Friday sale, 60% off, 70% off something. And so he bought a pair of shoes for $30. And a pair for him. Mm-hmm. They came in, 30 bucks is pretty cheap for athletic wear. They came in, he doesn't really like them. <laughs> right? And so I'm sitting here saying, you can send them back. It's yeah. it's fine if you don't like them. And he goes, oh, but they were only so much. $30. And I'm sitting here, but if you don't like them, mm-hmm. you've just wasted $30. I'd rather spend $60 on something you love. Mm-hmm. Or $100. I'd rather spend $100 on really, really good athletic shoes that you love and wear all the time. Every time you put them on, you're like, I am so glad about these shoes. Mm-hmm. Instead of, oh, I can't wait till these shoes wear out. But they were only $30, right? <laughs> I don't want to do that anymore. I want to yeah. get things because I love them, even if they cost a little bit more. They'll probably last longer, too. I like that mindset because I've always yeah. been like that. Like, why am I going to buy something just because it's on sale if, mm-hmm. if I don't like it? Yeah, um, I'm glad you brought that up because I I used to do that all the time. Especially, I mean, uh, he knows I used to go to I used to do a lot of YouTube videos at Ross and things like that. I would always find those deals, the outlets, and things like. That. But every time I would find something that was I knew it was a good deal, I'm like I'm gonna buy it because maybe later on I'll wear it or when this happens I'll wear it. I got to the point where I had so much clothes with tags and I'm like, what do I do with all this stuff? I'm just piling up, piling up. Then I started selling it just because, and giving it away because I didn't know what to do with it. I had so much clothes that I'd never worn. Yeah. And so I, and it's, a, I had to sell it for less just because I was trying to get rid of it. So I lost them instead of saving a bunch of money. I think I lost yeah, a bunch of money. Because, yeah. yeah. So that's, um, I'm glad you brought that up about that. Um, what are some, some good tips to, 
like or not tips but what's something that's common sense to you like when you're going out shopping that a lot of people don't don't do i'm a big fan of the list you mm, before you we, no, we do a list no too. really yeah, never i've never done a list i i always say i do but that's after i've gone and i've forgotten stuff but, you but usually, then i never do it but you usually do it just for your you usually shop just for yourself yeah yeah and see like with, when when i go it's it's for our family so mm-hmm. i have to have a list or else i forget you know it's I, I'm a, such a huge fan of the list. First of all, I'm old and I've had kids, so I have no more brain cells left. So <laughs> I, I'm going to think about it at home and I'm going to go and I'm going to forget. So mm-hmm. I, I make a list for everything, whether it's the grocery store or even today I made a list. I'm like, okay, to go do the podcast and then I'm going to check my PO box. I'm going to get gas over here and then I'm going to go to Target or whatever. So I don't forget anything, first of all. Yeah. And so I don't get off track, second of all. Uh, you can do that for birthdays, like your kids' birthdays. If you're shopping for gifts, Christmas is a big one. Even if, for example, we're talking about like getting things you love. My husband has had this like cheap work wardrobe for a really long time. You know, (laughs) you get the white shirts from Ross and because he has to wear a business professional at work. Mm -hmm. So he's a lot of button ups and ties and Mm -hmm. things. So he gets them. They never fit right. Right. Because he has an athletic body. So he's got larger shoulders and a narrow waist. They don't fit well. They pull, they're too short. They're, they're old. They're ripping. Buttons fly off, whatever. And we're like, he's like, I don't like the, any of these. Mm-hmm. So we're purging and we're making a list. These are the things, uh, the, this many shirts, these pants I can get through this time frame, these shoes or whatever. So every single thing you have, I love this. I love this. It goes with this. I'm happy with what I have. Mm-hmm. Instead of, I don't know, just wandering around the store, thinking things might work and then not having them work. And seeing stuff. Oh, this looks cool. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> goes in the cart. pop. Yeah, a hundred dollars yeah. later at Target. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, that happens all the time when they send you for milk, and it's it's <laughs> yeah. cliche, but it does happen. You go for milk and eggs, and come back with everything. All but the Oreos. The milk and eggs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's how I, I should start. Well, that's what I started this year. I got myself a planner because I always forget to do things, or I I schedule stuff. Like I had a podcast schedule with with a different guy, and I completely forgot about it. And yeah, so I felt bad about that. So I was like, I need to get a planner this year. I need to like. Get everything, and it, when I go grocery shopping, I always forget things. I'm like, oh, I gotta get this, I gotta get this, and then when I get home, I, I forgot. You forgot, and you don't have it. Yeah. yeah. So, um, w- w- what's your technique like when you go to the store? Do you do the same? You go and check the clearance first. Do you go like, w- what do you do? Uh, yes, I I check the clearance first. I know my route well, and I, of course, I have my list, right? Mm-hmm. So I have things that aren't on. Uncle- you know, I need eggs, butter, bread, whatever. But yeah, I go to the clearance. Spots number one. I go to the bakery section. There's like a rack mm-hmm. there where we have all the bakery clearance, the in-house bakery stuff, the deli stuff, yogurts, milk, meat, cheese, sometimes produce. Mm-hmm. I check all all the fresh stuff. Basically, is going to have an expiration date, and they're going to get close. And people are not buying it, especially right now because so many people are doing grocery pickup, grocery delivery. So the workers are picking out the products and they're not going to pick things that are close to the expiration mm. date, which means right now what I've personally found is that there's more clearance than there ever has been. See, and I always thought that was backwards. I always thought that the workers picking out the food for you were going to pick the oldest stuff to get rid of it. Not in, not in my experience. At least, I mean, maybe at Walmart they do that, but definitely not at yeah. a, a more expensive or what people consider to be a more expensive store. Really? Yeah. I'll, That's I'll, cool to know, actually. Yeah, I've always considered, but this is just me not knowing. So I'm, this is why I'm glad you came on to not only educate myself, like everybody listening. I've always thought 
like Fred Meyer, Albertsons, and yeah, we're expensive. We're more expensive. Well, of course they are, but you just have to know how to do it right. So mm-hmm. they have two things going for them that the other I don't know, cheaper stores don't. And number one is they have a sales ad every week. Mm-hmm. You're not going to get that at Winco. You're not going to get that at Walmart. And they'll have two to five, maybe a, little, a few more items every single week that are what they call loss leaders, like the thing that gets you in the store. So it's going to be chicken breast for $1.49 a pound. Mm-hmm. It's going to be broccoli florets for $0.99 cents a pound. Really good prices, way better than Walmart. So what they want people to do is come in, get those, and then stay and do the rest of their shopping. But if you're smart, you will get those things, check for clearance, and walk out. So – you got to check the sales flyers because they're going to have really awesome deals. Yeah, that makes sense. And check for clearance. Those are the two things they have going for them that the other yeah. ones don't have. Go replay this episode and write all these down. <laughs> <laughs> How do you get all the coupons? Do you get them in the mail? I, you know, online? I do very few coupons these days. I have used the cash back apps. I do like those quite a bit. Um, sometimes there'll be a coupon like on the box of cereal, and I'll just, oh grab that, and that's a nice little perk. But not so much on the paper coupons anymore, but my cashback apps I use are Ibotta, and I'm pretty sure they're in cahoots with Walmart because they have the best deals at the Walmart store, although you can use it anywhere. Basically, you just pay at the thing, scan your receipt, and they'll put cash in your account, Mm -hmm. which you can then cash out for PayPal or gift cards. And then Fetch Rewards is another one. They only give you points, which are only good for gift cards, but I just use those to shop on Amazon. I didn't even know about like... See, I always thought it was a waste of time. Well, I mean, I mean, it could I, like, be, but no. Like, I w- <laughs> listening to you now, it's not. Oh, but but before, like, like coupon collecting, I was always thought that it was a waste of like that energy wasted on that. I could have just went and bought. Well, my wife's a big fan of those like rewards. Mm-hmm. Like, she has rewards everywhere you can think of, and I'll forget. You know, we'll be ordering something or purchasing something, and they'll be like, "What's a good phone number?" And I'm like, ah, "I'm good." And she's like, "No, put my number." And I'm like, "What?" Just type her phone number in, and they're like, "Oh, you have this many points. Do you want a free orange leaf?" And I'm like, "Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I, I would like a free orange leaf. Thank you. Thanks, I've baby. never gotten anything back for from giving my phone number out at Albertsons or, at, but maybe I just didn't look. For for me, it's Brolems. I've never Brolums. gotten anything. Yeah, Brolems too. Brolums. Never. never. I've never <laughs> seen a return on on my See, giving out my number I investment. Was, I also feel like. They're expensive. Do they have good deals too as well? Brolem's does. Uh, they're more hit and miss, although you can still get some good – yeah, you can get some clearance deals there. They have excellent um, – well, I would say homework t- tortillas. Uh, look, they're not as good as like the ones I ordered from Mexico. Those are the <laughs> yeah, best. Of okay, but they do make them in-house. They're very thick. So if you want more of a heartier tortilla, those are okay. Mm-hmm. Um, they have pretty good donuts. Seems like their quality is good. Like yeah, they do have great quality, quality and on. huge uh, variety. Yeah. So if you need weird ingredients, they're they're your best bet. Yeah, unless you're looking for iced tea, Sandra. <laughs> yeah, I remember when I went to go look for it. We were doing a, a video over there. You know how the whole I, – I don't know if you ever saw the video of the guy that hit the, the other guy with the uh, twisted iced tea. It was, it was a video that went viral on the internet. So he had like an iced tea. Everybody was making parody videos. So, so we I made sent, a parody video. And I sent I, Edgar to buy them and he got lost. And <laughs> No, I'm pretty sure a lot of places were selling out because... Because of that. Because of that. It could be. It's like the cranberry juice. Yeah, yeah. With, Not as big, but yeah. The cranberry juice thing was huge. Yeah. You, could, but, you couldn't find it at Walmart. No. For like a week. That's after really that. funny. Because that, that guy was just right here. Yeah. 
Yeah. That was funny. Yeah, hopefully uh, his his buddy was actually here the other day, uh, so hopefully he, he comes on soon, on soon too. Um, I had a question because a lot of people have uh, this weird thing about, or, or maybe it's that they're too prideful about the clearance area. Like, what would you tell them? Like, why are they, like, some people, you t- they don't check the clearance area because it's not, like, I don't know. It's a, it's a pride thing, I think. Uh, you think so? Some people, yeah, there's probably two groups of people there. Some truly don't care. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's fine. They don't have to care. Um, yeah, my stepmom just goes in, buys her things, and goes home. And, and that's great. Leaves more for me. <laughs> <laughs> True. So it's fine. If, if you don't want your grocery bill to be a hassle and you don't want to pay attention and you can afford it, great. More power to you. But I think some people are scared, maybe because they had a bad experience. Mm-hmm. I mean, use your head when you're there. If you're trying to get a clearance bag of salad from the produce section, they clearance those bag of salads all the time, by, way, by the way. The kits, mm-hmm. all the time. You can get them for about $0.99 cents a bag compared to the 3 to $4 that they are normally. Look at the bag. Flip it around. Like if it looks brown and slimy, don't buy it. Yeah. Like yeah. put it put it back. Let them throw it away. I don't want to eat that. I don't yeah. want to feed my family that. If you're seeing some, I don't know, chicken and it's clearanced out, take a look at it. Is, is the date still three days away? Does it look like it? Does it look okay? Does it sm- smell the package? Does it smell fine? You're fine. Mm-hmm. So just use your common sense there. I think maybe they're scared that they're going to get sick or something. Uh, there was one girl... <laughs> who um, shamed me big time. This was way before I did YouTube. This was way back on Facebook. Uh, shamed me big time for feeding my family, I think, an expired jar of pasta sauce, I think. It had been expired for a month or two. Mm-hmm. Listen, that's to save the manufacturer's butts and not really <laughs> because yeah, it's yeah. bad. Uh, it's not like, you know, February 21st hits and like, boom, it's not good anymore, yeah. right? Um, but she was like, oh, <laughs> This is the one time I've ever, like, gotten back at somebody. <laughs> I knew her in real life. We were not friends. Oh, okay? okay. But she was like, I would hate to be one of your kids at your house. Oh. And I was like, well, uh, yes, yes, myself. I would hate to be your mom. So what? <laughs> <laughs> so good thing it didn't work out that way. <laughs> Who's laughing so, now? She, uh, right. She was pretty snotty about the the expired or close to expired food. I don't and, know. And there's a difference, too, between expired and sell-by, right? Uh, yeah, for sure. Sell by is just like suggested for like best flavor and yeah. experience, but that doesn't mean it's bad. Yeah, yeah. Because I remember there's especially in the in well in the, in the fitness area because I would drink some protein and stuff too. They also have the expiration date, you know, because that's when they need to get it off their shelves. But even I was talking to them, I would wait until they go on sale at GNC because mm-hmm. they get like a month close to the expiration date and like more than half off. And for those like that work out all the time, mm-hmm. you know, food costs a lot. It's a lot in food. It's a lot if you're taking supplements. It it runs those, up. Those supplements can add up. Oh, yeah. They are pricey. I don't know how people go and well, it's mainly the new people. They'll go and buy like two, three hundred dollars worth of supplements. Yeah, but they, they don't realize they don't know the tricks. They don't realize it's only a month's worth. Mm-hmm. Like, are you gonna be spending that much every mm-hmm. month? Yeah, it's Jeez. a lot. Yeah, so that that was a, and since you brought up that that your. Oh, she's not a friend. We won't call her a friend. That lady. Oh, the that, lady that was that not my you. friend. That she was so. I. I look. We. We were in the same friend group, mm-hmm. but her and I were not friends. So I mean, I did know her from for several years, and we never got along. So we just <laughs> did not see eye to eye on a lot of stuff. Do you ever get that through your your YouTube? Oh yeah, negative comments. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yes. 
Did you have a hard time at first with those? Uh, yeah, because um, I think, well, I mean, it's hard if anybody says anything critical about you. If it's a feedback in a way that you could be better, I, I think that's fine. I'm all for constructive criticism so I can be better. And and listen, I'm not perfect. I, I say things the wrong way or my tone maybe is incorrect because I'm just a normal person mm-hmm. that just happens to make videos and put them online. But yeah, it's just difficult. Um, the science has shown that it takes over 10 positive comments to like the... buffer out one negative comment. Really? That's in person. Online, it's way, way more. The positive comments mean less. The negative comments mean more really? online. I don't know why it's different. I don't know the psychology behind that. I don't know the the experts even yeah. know, but they have shown that to be the case. So these days I just try and ignore them. Uh, but yeah, I mean, they're really, really mean sometimes. Do you, do your videos get that thumbs down? Like as soon as you post it before, like, you know, nobody watched it yet and you get the thumbs down <laughs> for sure. Yeah, we, yeah. Get, we get that all the time. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like we, some people would have their notifications turned on yeah. and as soon as it says something, they're it's like, almost like they have a, yeah, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to thumbs down. I'll yeah. show them. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know what? It increases my engagement. Yeah, so you keep on leaving those thumbs down and keep on sending those negative comments because that just bumps me in the YouTube algorithm. We need to tell people that when, when we do videos now. Yeah. Tell them. It's like, thumbs up, thumbs down, don't care. Leave just, a message. Just do something. Yeah. <laughs> just do something. It's, it's really it's really funny because by the negative, like the view and the negative comment, I'm like, you're like you're making me more money. Do you? Yeah. <laughs> if you don't like it, you uh, do not ever have to watch anything I post ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I just think it's funny. I think the problem with the negative comments is anybody can be on the internet. Mm-hmm. Like, and so, you know, it could be a disgruntled teenager, a person that hates their life, you know, people that just sit behind the computer and maybe spend a little bit too much time where they can actually express themselves and not actually have to feel the repercussions of of what they put out there. You're exactly right. There are no repercussions. Like you would never say some of the things that yeah, people say to me to yeah. someone's face ever, ever, ever. Not, not even people that you don't even know yeah. because it's so rude. Um, so I, I try to ignore it. It can get to me sometimes, but uh, my husband always talks me off, off the cliff. So that's I had, good. I had another question too about, mm-hmm. so say your channel goes from 250,000 to 50 million viewers. Oh, you're making all this, you're, you're making all this money. <laughs> that's a big assumption. Yeah. You're making all this money. Are you still frugal? I or? don't see why not. Because here's the thing. Uh, even now the YouTube, I is set up under a business, mm-hmm. so I don't get all of it. It goes all into the business and then I run everything out of that. And then I pay myself a salary that's, out of the business. Cool. So I don't, I don't get all of it that comes in. And even at that point, I don't see why I would need to, I have everything I need. I have a couple things I don't need. Yeah. Um, my kids are taken care of. That's what's the most important. I just feel like the success I found has been their success. And I'm super grateful for that. Uh, how, how did it feel when you saw the money actually coming in? Freaked out. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I would too. Because uh, um, th- when you first start, like you, of course you'll make a little yeah, bit of money of the here and there. Everybody's waiting for yeah, and then like as soon as you hit that moment, you know what I mean. Like, how, what is your family going through? Like, oh, like we like, I don't know. I don't know how to feel about that because it, mm-hmm. it, it reminds me of the podcast. Like, uh, 
when I started it, you have a goal in mind, right? Mm-hmm. But then, like, when it starts getting, like, to that point and you're like, what is going on? Like, I don't know. Like, I, I wanted that. But then at the same time, you're like, kind of really didn't expect it to get there so quick. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, I felt extremely conflicted about it for mm-hmm. ever since it started. And there's I have I've talked it out a lot with my husband trying to figure out what it all means and how I how I feel about it because on the one hand I'm really grateful and I'm trying to be smart and pay off my house invest get my kids college together do financially smart things with it that being said I do see how uh, you've seen this on YouTubers that do really well. They get the car, they move into the big McMansion and they they get all the clothes and they have the Cartier bracelet that's whatever, $1,000. Or I see how people will see the money and be like, wow, I could go buy this whatever purse for $1,000 and it wouldn't affect me at all. Like I see how people do that and then fall into that trap. I'm trying to remind myself there's no guarantee that I get a paycheck tomorrow. Yeah. YouTube could go away in a snap. I don't think it will. Mm-hmm. Channels, but channels die all the time. Mm-hmm. Everything changes. People want to look at different stuff. I'm not taking a second of it for granted. So I'm assuming I have maybe one or two good years and then it'll taper off. And I just got to be really, really smart about it instead of waste it all. Now, one last thing that I think is really important is because I was married to a school teacher. Uh, before he started working at a university. And even then, he doesn't make a ton. I I know the struggle that a lot of people go through and they work all year long to make what it seems like not very much money because we lived through that. And so for me to put some videos online and make what feels like a huge amount of money to me feels really unfair um, like what, what did, what did I ever do? I put a stupid video online and, and got a paycheck. Like how dumb is that? And so I've struggled pretty bad with, with that. Yeah. I'm trying like to remind myself, guilty feeling yes, almost. yes. Yeah. Very guilty about it because I know there's people out there that work so hard, um, and don't get to experience that. Yeah. So I've struggled with it a lot and here's where I've come to terms a little bit is I've upped my charitable donations by a lot. Um, which helps me uh, feel like I'm giving back in some way. Uh, something else that's cool is I've able to provide jobs for other people now, which is really fun because I hire people out to help me okay. with my channel, um, which is great because I'm I'm creating jobs now. And also, I'm trying to remind myself that I did work for three years and didn't make anything. So if you space it out <laughs> to the three years where I just like did videos and maybe would get a hundred dollars every three months. Um, I'm kind of, I haven't even made up for all that time that I did it for nothing as well. One, one last thing is you have to consider your industry as well. Entertainment has always had huge payoffs, you know, movie stars, TV stars, they make stupid amounts of money. Right. And while it's not fair when you consider a school teacher or a police officer or a firefighter or something like that, um, Movie stars make a lot of money. I'm not saying I'm a movie star. I'm just saying I'm yeah. I'm in entertainment yeah. and advertising. That's what I'm in. Instead of I don't know, pick but, a different field. But it's got its own struggles too. It's got its own thing that makes it difficult. So mm-hmm. feeling guilty, I think, shouldn't 
Because you're working hard as well. Yeah. Right? It's, Just in a different area. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, I'm not out digging a ditch, yeah. which is yeah. physically, physically difficult. difficult yeah. But I do work 40 hours yeah, a week Yeah, it's mentally also. strengthful. Mm-hmm. And I've, like, because I've worked at a warehouse before where it's manual labor, mm-hmm. and I work where I do now, and it's more mental. Mm-hmm. I almost feel like sometimes that physical thing, you get home, you can rest. But right. the mental thing, it's difficult to rest because your mind's always trying to think of the next thing to do and you don't get that nine to five feeling where at five your brain stops and then you go to sleep and no it's always going and so it's it's also stressful like i mean no i'd rather do this obviously than than the hard labor (laughs) but it's it's got its its own well yeah it's difficulties you you gotta keep being creative in some way that keep people entertained which seems easy it's really hard. It's like what I was telling. <laughs> it is what I was telling Edward once. It's like we did a video and we worked hard on it, and he worked hard on it. But you go pat yourself on the back, and then you have to work on the next one. Mm-hmm. Like we just released it, and now we have to work on the next one. We don't have that time to enjoy it. Right, right. Because you're already working on the next thing. Yeah, I totally know what you mean. Yeah, I'm just trying to. Um, yeah, I don't think feeling guilty helps anything, but yeah. it is something I struggle with. Yeah. So I just try and make sure I'm helping all the people I can in my family by um, being more giving mm-hmm. and you know providing jobs for other people. Yeah, I think it's okay. That's and, cool. That and I feel job providing. Yeah, part. Mm-hmm. I just feel like uh, especially since things are changing with technology and whatnot, uh, a lot of people don't watch watch uh, dish or have cable and things like that. You just got to learn how to adapt with your environment. The people who start to adapt somehow like you did like let me post videos you know it can pay off like as long as you you still got to put in the work like it's still mentally draining what what helped push you through the like the times where you're barely like getting any videos you're like do i really want to make another one because it's it's only getting like maybe 300 views you know like do i really want to push out another one (laughs) yeah like i said it was just it was fun for me Mm -hmm. it was my creative outlet i Mm -hmm. guess i i'm not a good writer i'm not an artist i don't play an instrument (laughs) you know i love to sing but i'm tone deaf so that's really hard (laughs) also (laughs) yeah he's tone deaf he doesn't know i mean i rock it out in the car where no one else can hear me but um no one else would really hear me um, so it was just, I don't know, it was just fun and there was no stress and I also didn't make any money. Mm-hmm. So there were times where I would take 10 days off because nothing mattered about yeah. it. And so it's very different these days because I do feel the pressure of putting out so many a week, so many a month to keep my audience and not have them find someone else. Because let me tell you what, someone will replace you in a heartbeat. heartbeat. If I decided to stop making videos today and I never posted another one, my channel would trickle off and in a year, no one would know who I was. Mm. Yeah, because it's just weird how the algorithm works. The the dead channels, they slowly start Mm -hmm. like getting pushed out and for like for channels that people are watching so like you don't know what's happening like for us they change the algorithm all the time sometimes sometimes we're growing huge like getting a lot on of instagram is the, the hard yeah one. and then all of a sudden out of nowhere we're actually losing followers losing and like it feels the engagements are going down but we're not we're doing the same like we're the content still is good so we saw we saw it hit one hundred and five thousand, and then we're like oh man this is going great and then also I went off for wait what? And I was going backwards <laughs> because we got stuck at ninety two thousand for like close to a year. No? Yeah, like eight months maybe. And then all of a sudden, in like two months, we hit a hundred, and then a hundred and five, 
real quick and and now that's where it got stuck. Yeah. So. It's it's so weird. Yeah. Like if you do well, you do, do better. <laughs> <laughs> if you do well, you do more well and yeah. it's so crazy cuz if you do a good video or uh, your channel's growing, they'll just keep pushing you and keep pushing you and you'll grow faster and you'll grow faster versus I don't know, you do one and it doesn't hit mm-hmm. it doesn't hit the algorithm and then they don't push it and then you just stall out. It's just the weirdest thing. What do you do, especially that girl that I mentioned earlier, what do you do so you're not paying attention to the numbers, the amount of views, the, the oh. likes, the subs, the comments? Um, it took a long time to stop looking at those mm-hmm. um, because, I don't know, because it's so wild to mm-hmm. watch. You know, oh my gosh, I went up another 100 views in a couple minutes. It's inevitable. That's, that's so many people, you know, and it yeah. just messes with your head. And what I learned is that the numbers will do what they're going to do, whether you're watching it or not. And sometimes you can get your (laughs) brain sucked into the computer Mm -hmm. or your phone or whatever it is that you're looking at. What helps me the most is my family grounds me because they're like, Hey, (laughs) you got to put it down. And, uh, that's been a process to get used to over the last year. But I think my husband has been super patient and my kids have been super patient. And so I've tried to have like a hard stop at 5 or 6 p.m., put it away over the weekend. I don't look at it. I don't answer comments. I don't do anything. I don't film. I don't edit. Mm-hmm. So I have that time with the people. And what's weird about that is the more time I spend with like the real people, mm-hmm. the better I feel. And so I've seen the benefits of putting it to the side and focusing on the people right in front of my face instead of the people online. And I'm not saying I don't appreciate my audience because I 100% do, but I do have to balance it with my family is more important than that. Yeah. So if I, if I refocus on what's right in front of me in my own home, Mm -hmm. uh, I just, I just feel better. And every time I feel better, I'm less inclined to look at the numbers. Do your kid is, are your kids wanting to follow your, in your footsteps or not? I don't know. I kind of didn't let them. So kind of. Well, because they're kind of young still. They're a little young. My son does have a Rubik's Cube channel that he hasn't posted on in a long time. (laughs) It was was during all the shutdown stuff because he was like, I'm bored. So I let him like teach people the algorithm on the Rubik's Cube. He's a very geeky son. Uh, It's awesome. (laughs) He's very proud of it. Those things are hard, by the way. So I know, but I just thought there's an audience for that. So that could be fun. I asked my daughter about it because she's 16. Yeah. And I'm like, you ever thought about, like, do you want to do it? And she's like, well, I don't know. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know what I would do. And she sees the negative comments yeah, and sees the pressure. And so I don't know if she's into that. What about, because when I started doing what I started doing, my parents thought it was weird. They didn't, they're old school. Well, it is weird. Yeah. <laughs> what did your parents think of what you were doing? Um, I don't know that my dad has ever seen one of my videos ever. I think he, like, he kind of knows I make them, but I don't really think he understands what I do at all. My mom (laughs) lives with me right now. She's building a house. So she's been living with me for the last four months. So she, (laughs) she also doesn't watch very many of my videos, (laughs) but before she came and lived with me, she knew I did it, Mm -hmm. but she just thought it was a huge waste of time. And so now that she sees some financial benefit from it and then it's helping my family and my kids she's kind of more okay with it and she sees the back end of all the work so she's kind of like wow there's there's like a lot that goes on behind the scenes that's not part of the completed video um so she's kind of used to it now i guess it's more normal when you live with someone who does it but if if you don't watch youtube or partake of social media in any way it it is weird let's be honest yeah 
Yeah, especially sitting there talking to a camera that, that um, people will find you weird. And it, it's intimidating to some people because uh, what I tell people is like, just know that you that camera, just imagine it's like a, somebody, you're talking to somebody because they're going to be listening to you. And because you put a camera on someone's face, they like get stiff super quick and mm-hmm. like they, they don't yeah they i'm get still nervous. trying to get used to this like during doing the podcast and mm-hmm. stuff it's it's still weird that there's people out there listening like i try to think it's just us for right now mm-hmm. that's what keeps me kind of like that's what i do yeah being able to talk but if i were to imagine all these people like sitting in front of me listening it'd be weird i would be way yeah. nervous if yeah, i imagined that many people yeah. yeah i'm right here i'm just like there's just the four of us so yeah. it's yeah. not a big deal and that's why I like having uh, multiple people on that way. It's just a conversation. Like we sit down, we have a conversation. And I, I remember the, the first time he came, he was like super nervous. And then the next time he's like, oh, I already got one under my belly. But he's like, I got nervous all of a sudden. I don't, I don't know why. He's like, I don't know how to shake it. And <laughs> It was weird. Yeah, because I've, I've always kind of been, you know, kind of outgoing. Yeah, he does a lot of sales. Never, he talks to a lot exactly. of people. And, and I was so nervous. <laughs> so nervous. I don't know why. It's just probably I think the thought again of talking to a lot of other people but when you get over that it's really just is a conversation with you guys i think it's just a different medium you know uh sometimes i throw my mom on my channel i like flip the camera around and she panics like <laughs> I as, was soon ask as, you that. as soon as the camera's on she's like ah <laughs> she's like no i need to think about it what are we talking about like she's to like take notes mm-hmm. and jot I'm like mom it's just it's you and me like just imagine you're talking to me yeah that's what people like they like yeah, to they, kind of they just, do like that they like you know, when you're, when everything's perfect, like on TV, it kind of takes away again from the relatable feel. So when they can, you know, they see that you did something that, you know, they see in their household, it kind of relates in a way. Yeah, that it's attracts almost like them. if it's scripted, you know, and like you can tell when something's scripted. Like a yeah. lot of these prank yeah. videos that are coming out, you can Super tell. Super scripted. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can tell they're fake. And it, you're like, that's, to me, some people find it hilarious. And but me, I'm like, you could tell that's fake. Yeah, you know, or like when someone's being fake on camera, you can kind of like. Tell. Yeah, and and you you see it too, like with interviews, you can tell when some like, especially on on some podcasts that you listen to, you can tell when the person doesn't isn't really interested in what the other person's talking about, and it kind of throws me off. So I don't want to listen to that. <laughs> I, I'd rather listen to somebody who's actually interested in in knowing the the story behind what's going on. And so you can tell when they ask questions be based on their own life experiences as well. And so that's what I try to tell Edgar that we, we have to try to do, like uh, especially on the, other, on the other podcast that we do, is just, just talk to the person and see you know, where they're coming from too. And it's cool because we get to talk to people who we'd normally never talk to. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and like sit down and have conversations. Like, yeah, Brandy told me of you, and I'm like, oh. To me, I find it super interesting. I'm like, you know, frugal, like she's out there getting like deals. Like that's awesome. And it blew up. Like to me, that's awesome. Cause I love like people who are out like trying to build something from nothing. You know what I mean? Cause, uh, that's what entrepreneurs do. Like they have an idea and they just, they just do it. You know? So to me, I find it very, very exciting. You know what I mean? I get excited to do, to do these and I always learn from people. Now what I'm going to do when I go grocery shopping, I'm going to go to the clearance section. And see one of the things that I'm going to do. <laughs> We were watching a video with my wife this morning, and it's the one I think you're organizing stuff. And one of the things you said was put um, like the restaurant coupon codes in your car, mm-hmm. or something like that. 
that's smart because sometimes we're driving around and we're hungry and we're like, what should we go eat? And we're trying to think if we have those. Hey, it's just, always at yeah. the house. Why is it at yeah. the house when it should exactly. be in the car? I know. It's yeah, smart. we never even thought about that. She's like, she's like, that's smart. <laughs> like, yeah, and that's like a really useful thing that we could use for a long time. From like a, you know, like a it was a five minute video or how long? Well, fifteen minute video. And yeah, it yeah. was. Sometimes I have good ideas. <laughs> that's a great no, idea. No. And you don't realize like little ideas like that that are to some people are common sense. Yeah. And to other people, you're like, well, why didn't I do that? Yeah. It's only common sense after you hear it. <laughs> yeah. You're like, oh, it's yeah. genius. Oh, mind blown. <laughs> yeah. That was, Keep the that coupons was cool. in like the car. One. Yes. The coupon one? The, or, yeah. For restaurants, for, for yeah, fast food. Or, I had one of those like Sonic, you know, they mail them to your house and they're yeah. like, get a... You know, Route 44 for 99 cents kind of coupon thing. Yeah. It's like, this should go in the car. Like, why have it in the kitchen? I'm not going to use it in my kitchen. No. Which is so true because I remember uh, uh, my parents would do the same thing. They would get a bunch of, like, deals and stuff. Um, my dad, we would just, like, leave it. But my mom would put them in her purse. Now that I think about it, I didn't even think about it until, like, you brought that up. Yeah. I remember she would put, like, I would always ask, like, why do you have all those things in your purse? Like, <laughs> like a bunch of, like, c- uh, c- cutouts and things like that. But... I mean, it makes sense now. Women have yeah. everything in their purse. Uh, yes. All the time. Yeah. You, my little purse right here, I probably have three pairs of shoes in there. It's like the Mary Poppins bag. <laughs> Anything yeah. we could yep. possibly need. It's like that uh, Doctor Who TARDIS or whatever. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's bigger in the inside. Though. Yeah. So, I mean, you're doing a lot of great things. Where can people find your YouTube channel? Yeah, I have I have two, actually. So What is the su- second Surprise. <laughs> uh, my main channel, my big channel is called Frugal Fit Mom. You're going to find deals... Lots of cooking, mm-hmm. lots of cooking, saving money, tips, little bit of vlog, not a ton, maybe some cleaning motivation for you. Mm-hmm. And then my second channel I just started a few weeks ago is called Christine Unfiltered. And that channel is mm-hmm. all about the business end of YouTube if you want to be a YouTuber and personal finance. Oh, nice. Because that's wow. the one we're going to follow more probably. Yeah, because that. that and like I had a question on that. What are some... Because we do YouTube as well, like all that thing. What are tips that you could give, like, say, to another creator mm-hmm. uh, that we're not doing right now? Because we, we we talked about, like, the thumbnails, but you said there's uh, more, like, the SEO, the, the SEO like, things yeah. like that. What, what what are those type of tips? Okay, so if you're going to make a video and you want people to find it, you want people to click on it, is, first of all, you got to make good content. That's mm-hmm. number one. Number two is your thumbnail will be the thing people see. And Remember that if when you're making it, you need to like zoom it way out because a lot of people look at those on their phone, which means it's going to be small. Mm -hmm. So you need to zoom it out and look at it maybe like someone would look at it on their phone. Can I still read the text? Is it clear? Is it clear what the video is about? And yes, sorry to say, it does have to be a little clickbaity. Told you. A little, a little. I believed you is just, I hate it. (laughs) You are in competition with so many videos. They need to pick yours out of everybody else's. And I think that's why everyone picked on my viral video because while it was slightly clickbaity, it was true because it was like 126 meals for $30 Mm -hmm. was. And put numbers in there. Yeah. Put numbers in there if you can (laughs) and keep it simple as little text as possible. And People clicked on it because they were like, what is this craziness? Mm-hmm. Like, that's what they want. Um, now, meals versus servings, you can get into nitty gritty. So I felt like it was an okay push, like little clickbaity, but not on yeah. mine. And then YouTube is a search engine. Yeah. So they're going to type into that search bar how to... I never even thought about that. Blah, blah, Jeez. blah, blah, wow. blah. <laughs> it's like common so yeah. it's got to be in your title. It's got to be 
in your description. It has to be in your tag words. Here's another growth tip for you. Find your competitors or the people who are similar to you and put their names in your tag words Mm. if you are a similar channel. Mm. And you're going to need to... This just comes with research. You know, if I want to do like the one I did today was paper declutter. So I typed into the YouTube search bar paper declutter and I saw what everybody else was doing. What kind of phrases are popping? What phraseology are they using? Because is it declutter papers? Is it paper declutter? Is paper organization? Is it like what is it that people search for more than the other? Mm -hmm. And that matters. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't even think. I didn't. What really got me was the. The it's a search engine. You think it's just like a yeah. bunch of videos. Yeah, I was like, wait, that's true. Because <laughs> you have to type it in what you're going to say. Yeah. It's very smart. So the how-to, uh, the, the thing I, I always try to do, like you said, I always try to make the, the title a little clickbaity, but it's actually true. Like when you actually listen to the, the podcast or – even the, if it's just technically true and yeah, barely technically true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, you can always put a question mark if That's it's like, not <laughs> true, yeah. and then that saves you. That from, saves you, yeah, from anything. Gives it that mysterious effect. Mm-hmm. Do you get called out for them? Like um, sometimes some of your videos, <laughs> only on the ones that perform really well. Um. And what's great about that is if you are getting criticism from people over what you put out there in the world, that means that you have made it. Yeah. Because you have gone outside of your small circle of influence, your friends and your family. So you have increased your reach to people who don't know anything about you. And if they like what you're doing, then congratulations. You have more than grandma and grandpa watching you. Yeah. So, yeah, if if you get people saying, that's not fair because of the little clickbaity. And you're mm-hmm. like, well, you watched it, so it worked. I mean, <laughs> you, you know, checkmate. No, you, <laughs> you can say what you want, but there's a reason yeah. people do it. Yeah, where clickbaity really works is TikTok. So I think that's something you should actually. You look should into definitely try TikTok because if you do your whole like little meals, mm-hmm. uh, and like you can do it in less than a minute, people are gonna watch it. People, uh, there's videos that pop up, millions of views. Like, look what I bought on Amazon for this much, or look at the cool stuff I got here, or like especially what you're doing right now. There's plenty of people. Yeah. On okay, well I'm gonna have to shoot. I'm gonna have to go look at the. You have into to, TikTok and research it now. So I don't know anything about it. it, it it's a little weird at first when you're working on it. It's strange and it might suck you in because you're going to be like yeah, also, just scrolling and scrolling. And a, a quick tip also if you start to do that is in the beginning, just so you get addicted to that. To that they call it chasing the dragon, like mm-hmm. that viral video. They'll push some of your first videos like yeah, uh, right away. So you're like you start chasing that, that video again, that, that dragon. So uh, as long as you make those first one's really good and then they'll just keep following and then they'll be like oh like this is amazing content and then your algorithm yeah like one of our first videos when we started doing the tiktok for the company got like fifty two thousand views and we'd have we had like five followers yeah that's amazing and but i mean but then you start yeah yeah, it's tough to repeat that later on but they do it like every once in a while so that you don't give up completely i guess but but if you if you play it the right way in the beginning you'll grow a lot because yeah. I'm tired of seeing all these like people dancing on like I like watching uh, the stock ones I like watching the real estate ones yeah or like the Amazon or ones. where they build stuff yeah like, that's, I like those there's one guy I can't remember his name Brian something and he sings and dances to or maybe he just lip syncs he lip syncs and dances to like 90s 
<laughs> songs like country music, one hit wonders, and he just huge smile on his face. He just makes me happy. Yeah. He's like the only one I watch. There you oh. go. See, there you go. <laughs> yeah. So you could be, I think you'll do really well with that. So that's something maybe you yeah. should look into. Is that something that you want? Do you want this to blow up even more than you already have? <sighs> I don't know. You know, if it stays right where it is, I am totally fine with that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to create something that's unsustainable. So I don't know if, if my subscribers grow or views grow, like, can I still be me at that time? I guess that matters more to me than mm-hmm. trying to balance, you know, Instagram, which is so hard to grow, by the way, mm-hmm. and YouTube and, oh, I have to get into TikTok. And you know what I'm doing later? Yeah. Accounting. How fun is that? Yeah. <laughs> For us, Twitter's the hard one. Yeah, I see Twitter. Oh, Twitter's yeah. I don't even do yeah. – I don't even look at Twitter. I, I- – I hate Twitter. <laughs> Just because it's so <laughs> difficult for us. In, in Twitter what we do. feels like a very negative place to me. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, that's true. I don't like Twitter. I don't know. <laughs> so you maybe it's just me though. Yeah, like I mentioned earlier, you're already doing really well in one of the most difficult ones, which is YouTube. YouTube is probably one of the most difficult ones because as well. you think it's more difficult than Instagram. I am not. Yeah, because we got like I said, we got to like over hundred thousand followers on Instagram, but on well, YouTube we're help reaching me out. ten. <laughs> Yeah, see, and I'm I'm flipped. I'm yeah. like at 15 see, on Instagram. Our stuff's more visual, like okay. so. Maybe that's why. I yep. don't, I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not really that visual. <laughs> yeah. See, uh, do you do you do like little clips from your main video onto your Instagram? I should. I think that's what you should do. <laughs> yeah, do like a little teaser, almost like oh, like you can see all of this. Just go to my YouTube and you'll watch the whole video. The, a lot of people do that. The big growth on Instagram right now is using all of their features. Mm-hmm. So if, as long as you you do like a IGTV, you do stories, you do the the reels, the reels, oh, and no, then you do I your ju- I just stuff. learned stories, man. I yeah. gotta learn you all have, this other stuff. If you do all of them, like for example, what gave us the big growth was the reels. We were okay. doing a lot of reels, and if you get used to doing reels, then TikTok's easier. Yeah, I kind of like that you're not like that though. You're not like a YouTuber that's doing all this. You're literally just like having fun i'm i'm literally just a person who who makes some videos yeah (laughs) which is the best way you you have the potential to make your channel whatever you want and still you know like you're saying yeah stay one and ask your audience to bookmark your stuff that's another yeah on on instagram on instagram yeah it's almost similar like on youtube when you're like hey like this is the type of videos i do consider subscribing you know give us a thumbs up just like that you know um you got to give them a call to action, you know, go watch this video, go, you know, save this and things like that. So, yeah, but, but reels is the biggest thing. Cause that's a competitor to, to TikTok. Okay. So if you use reels, you get a lot of views. And for example, uh, I told Brandy cause they're trying to get more on the social media. Mm-hmm. And they, they mentioned it to me too, that you've been pushing them as well. To I, I think they would do so great. Amazing, I, I see right? hairstylists on YouTube do so well. Oh, yeah. So I told her, I was like, uh, po- Use all the features, and normally her videos get maybe like three to four hundred. Right? Mm-hmm. She posted a reel; it got up to like almost, I think the one she posted is almost at two thousand views. Good and I was her. like, just look at the di- like the difference because they yeah. pushed this one, and then this one has been a feature, and uh, they're not really trying to compete with TikTok with this feature. So, so just like little things like that, and you've obviously learned. You ask other YouTubers, you ask other people on Instagram. Just like little things. Yeah, like our reels were averaging about 30,000 views, right? Yeah, now. When our videos were averaging about 3,000. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Yeah. Our- yeah just because they're, they're trying to be the next TikTok, so they're going to do whatever it takes to, yeah. to push. Well, you have given reels. me a lot to think about. TikTok, oh, reels. No, yeah. Yeah, that was 
I think we learned a lot. And yeah. We're definitely going to put some of it to use. So, again, tell them your YouTube and your Instagram. That way they yeah, my YouTube is Frugal Fit Mom. And if you're more into, like, business side of YouTube, you can go to Christine Unfiltered. It's uh, a new welcome. channel, so I don't have a ton yet, but we're getting there. Mm-hmm. And then on Instagram, I'm at Frugal Fit Mom 6. Mm-hmm. And probably on TikTok. And maybe, maybe, on, maybe TikTok. on TikTok if I can get <laughs> Frugal Fit Mom over there if someone else hasn't already taken it. Oh, <laughs> She yeah. can probably get it still before this comes out, so. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'll go look at it today. Yeah. You still got three weeks. You got, okay. you got three weeks okay. to do it. Uh, again, th- thank you for coming on. We learned a lot. I, I'm pretty sure the people who listen to this learned a whole lot too. So, uh, and I want to thank you guys for joining us. Yeah, no problem. And, yeah, it's my pleasure. And uh, we'll catch you guys on the next one. Yeah. See you guys thank good. you. Thanks, Edward.